0: Live.
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our August 29th edition of Ragtag Radio. Today is Monday, August 29th. It's been an interesting start of the week, as I'm pretty sure all of you have seen in the news some interesting little stories. Uh, but uh, we are here with uh, a good friend, Mark. Say, hey, Mark.
3: Hello, everyone. How you doing tonight?
2: And we also got Barbara with us, correct?
4: Yes. Happy Wednesday, all.
2: Yay. Yay That's you. what I'm talking about. Uh, so, what all do we want to discuss this evening?
5: Okay, we'll do this because we've over the past week, week and a half, we've cut, co- we've covered a ton of topics. And by the way, as of yesterday, we've been exist in existence for two weeks.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: So, yay us! Yay! So, what we're gonna do is uh, we will. <laughs> we can't. She's not ready for that, but she is gonna do that later this week. Um. Oh, well. I'm- Yes. What we're going to discuss. Everybody out there I know has questions, okay? We get a lot of questions, uh, and a lot of people think about questions, and then they forget them, and so before we cover a new topic or go down a new road today, why don't we take some time and answer any questions that anybody may have for us before we we get down to... uh, uh, And if you guys, Alan and... uh, Mark, if you want to, I guess we could start to talk some about the Common Sense Agenda and uh, throw some ideas out there and see what everybody thinks. But if you have a question, now's the time to to speak up, and uh, you can direct your questions at Mark or, uh, or Alan. Right now, Fire at will, ladies and gentlemen. I have to admit this is the quietest I've ever heard this group. Maybe we haven't given them a reason to get fired up yet.
2: Uh
5: oh I could just start making fun of Dallas fans. They might
2: yeah. Well Chuck Norris came in here before the call, so I think
6: uh
5: Well, you do realize that uh, Superman and Batman decided to wear Chuck Norris pajamas.
6: Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. You,
2: Chuck Norris hurt? doesn't
5: do Chuck Norris doesn't do push ups. He pushes the earth down.
2: Well, you, you heard what happened when Chuck Norris was born, right? What's he that? He drove his mom home.
5: Well, you do realize, I, this is no joke. On the day he was born, World War II ended.
2: Yeah. You know <laughs> the Germans surrendered the day Chuck Norris was born.
5: The, the day he was born, Chuck Norris. The day he was born, World War II, done.
2: Was it what, May 16th, forty five?
5: Yeah, I love Chuck Norris. He's great. He, yeah, he, he's a, He's a really down-to-earth dude. He really is. Hard hey, to believe he's, he's hard to believe he's in his seventies and he'd still probably kick everybody's tail in this room. I watched him at a karate expo last year and mm-hmm. uh there were some people talking smack and he wasn't gonna compete, so he went out there and he took on six of them. Okay, and these guys were second and third degree uh black belts in their different
2: uh, uh disciplines.
5: Disciplines. And he whipped every one of them. I was like, yeah, you can come to my house. Hey. Come on, Carlos. All all right, does anybody have any questions? Oh, we may have a question.
7: We are waiting with anticipation, eating chocolate-covered (laughs) raisins. No question. Uh uh-huh. That's a first. That is a first.
5: Wow. All right, absolutely zero questions. So everybody's waiting for the uh oh wait, posted a question. Somebody wants goobers. Hey. <laughs> is there a time commitment you're looking for with volunteers? Oh, somebody wants raisinets. Is anybody in the chat? There's a bunch of people in the chat. Okay, like, so...
4: Chocolate like cherries.
5: I, like um, I, guess I the, the first... I
3: uh, love goobers.
5: The first question... Hey, goobers are pretty good. Goo-goo clusters. Hey. I
2: love goobers, man. <laughs> well, I'm eating well, some goobers right
5: now. Take a goober for a goober. Um, the the, the <laughs> time commitment. The answer to that... No, Milk Duds remind me too much of people in windowless vans going, Hey, come here, little boy.
2: Uh, <laughs> hey. Chumos.
5: Alan, don't get too excited. Uh, anyway, so...
2: <laughs> no,
5: I'd, Mark is the one that would sound like that. I'm just saying. Uh, to answer your question, volunteers, it's its whatever you can give as far as time commitment. So if you can give an hour a week, great. If you can give... Um, you know, thirty minutes a week. If you can give thirty minutes a day, it's going to depend on what your schedule is, and we will work around most everybody's schedule and try to get as many people involved as possible. So don't worry about that. Yeah,
2: this this uh, whole thing is built with little chunks of time for right. everybody.
5: We, we've intentionally tried to not set that. There will be a calendar going up pretty soon. Uh, oh, business cards. Okay. Business cards are up. Well, I guess we kind of need to talk about that a little bit. Vistaprint has yet to reach out to us, back to us. They're so far behind. But the other guy has his stuff up and ready to go, uh, finally, after much complaint from me. So we will go ahead and link to that and get everybody set up to start doing that here. Thank you in the next uh, 24 hours.
2: So our friend has come back around?
5: Yes, and we'll talk about that on After Dark. Door hangers will also come from him. Um, It's not up on the website yet, but we're working on it. Okay. I would recommend if you're going to have, let me see, I'll give ever there'll be a memo go out. I'll put it up on the website to kind of explain it all. I don't want to take a ton of time up on the call to discuss that, but it there is an, an a avenue to order there is an avenue to order business cards now, and it'll be up on the website by in the morning. okay, I did notice we have more likes today um, vista print will be will be the ultimate goal. To get our webs, they're going to give us our own dedicated website where we can put the products up that we want to offer. That'll keep our brand intact. Okay, so as soon as we can get them set up, we're going to go with them. Uh, they've they've given us a pretty good and and decent deal. So remember, I'm all about trying to protect the brand. Okay, hello thirteen. Don't know who thirteen is, but hi thirteen. I'm assuming it's probably Jill. Uh,
2: hey, thirteen's a good number.
5: Let's see. We're competing. Well, let's not make sure that you wait till we have our links up in order from our links because we want to keep the same branding. This is what's going to be important. As we move forward into 2018 and 2020, the brand is going to be just as important as what we're doing. Okay, and I want everybody to understand that. The brand is going to be just as important as what we're doing.
2: Absolutely. We we've got to have the identity. <clears throat> that's, that's what our branding is. And just just like when you see a swoosh, you know it's Nike. Or just like when you see the golden arches, you know that's McDonald's. What what we want people to know is when they see that Patriot and that flag, they know that is the wild-tag Patriots, and we're here to mean business and take back our country.
5: Okay, the next question was about a mission statement. We haven't written it. We were kind of waiting until all this got through to write it. Alan created that logo. So Alan is the Alan is the creative genius. How about we have I actually think that's a good idea. Alan, do you want me to lay out kind of where we want to go with the common sense agenda and yes. maybe get some thoughts from people? Does somebody Absolutely. have a pen and paper that they can write down ideas? <clears throat>
2: so what, what I think we should do now is buckle in and figure out what it is that we want to going forward what we are here to set the agenda for the way the Republican Party should be and the way the country should be so what are some ideas that y'all have concerning the direction this country needs to go things we need to work on things we should focus on
5: in a perfect world what topic or what issue would need to be in the common sense agenda
4: What would it have to I, be
5: I know you guys have voices so let's use them
4: Well, it would have to revolve around the constitution
5: for one. And that's it. The 19 enumerated powers. Remember, that's where we're targeting.
4: Okay. Um, so that that's what our common sense agenda is about.
5: I know. Right?
4: Okay. Well, there you go. Wow, that was easy.
5: Well, it's yeah, not as easy I as you think. I think because I'll give you an example. The issue of immigration. There needs to be a true common sense approach to deal with it. Okay? And this may make some people mad on this call, but rounding everybody up, throwing them on a Greyhound bus and heading south to Taco Bell ain't going to work.
4: I bet everybody probably on this call or most people probably realize that, but I think that that we have a start about and we just take one at a time and kind of maybe do an outline about how we're gonna, you know, get there.
5: Well, the issue is you gotta figure out what issues you're gonna tackle first, okay? The Bill of rights is mm-hmm. a common sense Consent. issue. Okay when you're when you're trying to shift things okay and this is what everybody needs to remember this common sense agenda is we have to have actionable things that we can measure in steps okay because that's how the contract with America worked you had actionable steps that you could take we have to create actionable steps and get these congressmen and these senators and these legislators all of them to Say hey, you know these are steps that we can take, and this isn't going to be easy. So don't everybody think we're going to solve this tonight because we're not. But if if I'm putting one on the list,
4: well, oh, we have to start somewhere.
5: That's correct. So if I put one, if I'm putting something on the list, I'll go ahead and say I put immigration on the list.
4: Yeah, most definitely.
5: I agree, Laura. Laura says make them all take their oath again and tell them that that's actionable.
4: Yeah, i hold them accountable. Yeah.
2: This is my personal opinion. What I think we need to do is we need to give them the opportunity you can sign up for a citizenship class. And if you refuse to sign up for a citizenship class, you go home. We are giving you the option of doing things the right way. If you choose not to do things the right way, then one by one, we will take you and we will send you home. It will take a while. But, I mean, we we have a uh, huh. if we had started with proper border security 20 years ago okay. we wouldn't be sitting where we're sitting right now you look at how the clinton administration crafted the nafta and i believe that nafta was just one way to try to create this particular problem That's my two cents.
3: We have about 11 million illegal aliens in this country at this point. I would say give amnesty, make them legal, but not citizens. Give them a 10 to 15 year window where they can prove that they are capable of holding a job. Make it so that they in order for them to receive citizenship and full rights, they should not have any applications for any public services. They must go through uh, an American Citizens course. Mm -hmm. They must learn English as a second language in some cases. And once that's all met, they will be able to, to apply for citizenship and get full
7: American Citizen Rights. And if, and if you think about it, the way
3: our system is set up, the capitalist system, you will have a host of online classes that will be available for these people. There will be every opportunity for these people to make good on their wants and needs to become American citizens. What, I, what I'm suggesting is we take the political aspect out of this oh, yes. because – the Democrats and the Republicans see the illegal immigrants as a new voting block, Right. And we take that out of the scenario. We make them want to become American citizens because this is America, not because a political party wants them to be their next underclass.
2: Well you look at Hillsdale College, for example, Hillsdale College has a plethora of courses in, about the Constitution, about the, you know, citizenship and you know, what it means to be an American citizen. It Hillsdale is doing a fantastic job as far as reteaching civics to the citizens of this country. <clears throat> I mean, they've, they've got everything set up perfectly like that. Why not have them take the courses that they offer or something similar? I'm it's kind sure. of like in Kind of like an ESL course, or ELL. I apologize. It's ELL now. What should we do?
3: Now, with everything I just said, here are the problems with what I just said. You are always going to have some bureaucratic entity that's going to want to push their agenda upon these people. And just like in the school system today, the public school system, of 50 years ago and of today Are two different animals Because oh, you have special interests Who have put forth their own agenda And decided to teach children The way that they think they should learn And If you do offer classes For for people to become citizens You're always going to have People who are going to Try to judge the, course, the curriculum And what Makes it legitimate for this citizenship program?
2: <clears throat> you know, what we have right now is we've got a double-edged sword because it, the system as it stands now, as opposed to 50 years ago, it's inclusive. It, the door is open for every Tom, Dick, and Jane that to be able to express their opinion, you know, to be able to form a uh, Coalitions to form organizations, to form nonprofits, uh, <clears throat> to form think tanks, to form groups that are you know that can have some kind of sway on the way that the school board and the the senior educators decide how policy is going to be. But the double-edged sword to this is it, it basically goes unchecked. So you've got all of these voices out here screaming the same, you know, screaming different messages. And you have to, you, I think what we can be in putting forth a common sense agenda for America is we can be a voice of reason and a voice that says, hey, let's come together, let's combine our thoughts into one, because the voice of a thousand together is a lot more convincing than the voice of a thousand separate. Yeah. <clears throat> because we, we, what we've got right now is we've got a cacophony of all these people screaming their opinions. We need to come together in one unified voice <clears throat> and let these people know you've tried to divide us. You have tried to confuse us. You have tried to pull the wool over our eyes. You have tried to distract us with everything you possibly can. The game's over. Mm -hmm. This this is what we know we need to do in this country to fix it. I mean, what are some things that y'all are mad as heck about? What are some things that just really stick in your craw, that just really irk you? I mean, I know there's a... There's several things that you know. When you mention them to me, it just makes my blood boil, and I can go forever talking about them. What are some of those hot button issues that y'all have?
8: I want to ask a question. May I?
2: Absolutely, go ahead.
8: Uh, I have a good friend. She's just like a a daughter to me. Okay. She came here from China on an educational visa. What? She went to school, paid
6: three jobs
8: to pay her education. Something's happening. I'm echoing. Anyway, she graduated at the top of her class. Okay. And when she went to get a card, her card, her green card, and she couldn't get it.
5: Ma'am, where are you from? Virginia. Okay, hang on just a second.
7: Are you there, Virginia? Okay, am I fixed?
5: I think so.
8: Okay, anyway, she went to get her green card, and she couldn't get one because the school didn't fill out the paperwork right. So now she's here. She's been here 15 years. She has a little boy, has a husband, and they, you know, good Christians go to church every Sunday, every time the church doors are open but she can't get a, even a green card. He has a green card, but she can't get nothing. So we are afraid for her to even get stopped. She, we're afraid that they'll find out she's illegal and send her back, and that little boy would devastate him.
5: Well, the, the issue that you've got, you've got two. One, green cards aren't just handed out because you went to school.
8: I know. You, she went to the Washington to the – embassy and everything. She did all that.
5: Okay, Under the Obama administration, they've stopped deportations for the most part, and uh, so she has no fear of reprisal there. When school is over, I mean, Liberty's right. When school's over, her stay here's over, and she's got to go. And what she has to do, she has to come back through the legal channels. And as cold and heartless as that is, how can we expect to inform you know, say that we want to enforce laws on everything else and not enforce them in a case-by-case situation. That's yeah. where we get into the problem. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about your friend. I'm just simply <clears> saying <throat> that what she needs to do, she needs to file the paperwork and Oh, she try to did come all here. that, and
8: they turned her down. See, China won't, they, they're Oh, she's bad, a Chinese
5: uh, citizen? Yes. There's a moratorium want... on Chinese citizens being granted green cards here. No, I don't know. China and the U.S. have been in a tiff the last couple of years, and, uh, yeah, there's been an issue. But
8: Yeah, we tried well, to get her mother over here for her wedding, and they wouldn't approve her mother to come over here.
5: Because they though, were afraid that yeah, she wouldn't go sh- back. Yeah. Defection. But there is another way to go about this. Um, if she has a job, she can get... But she's a not
8: particular- now. She's, a home- she's homeschooling her little boy. She's staying home. She can get a him. potential
5: employer to sponsor her. So, or yeah. she can apply for political asylum.
8: Yeah, I, so I don't. I, I, are, it would it would kill me if they picked her up. <laughs> I there, mean, she's that close to me. There,
5: um, there is. There are other. There are other options that she's got. She just. What they need to do is go to an immigration attorney. They did.
8: They had one. They have one. Get a good. And he hadn't worked for them. He hadn't done any. They haven't been able to accomplish anything. So. so.
7: All
5: right. In the chat, <clears throat> I wish her well. Uh, I would recommend going and get a, getting a new immigration lawyer. Get one of the big mouths that you hear and see on TV in your area. And I know Virginia's got several. Okay. Uh, and you're over here close to me. There are several immigration lawyers that are high powered. Look in Bristol. Bristol's got several.
7: Yeah,
8: okay. Um
5: yeah. and if there's none on the Virginia side, most of the ones that are in the Virginia that are in the Bristol, Kingsport, Johnson City area of East Tennessee uh-huh. are licensed to practice in Virginia too. Okay. Okay. I
3: tell her. So. One of her best options would probably be the political asylum, especially yeah, if she's that's... a Christian. If she's a Christian, she could claim um, religious uh exile.
5: Right, because China doesn't like Christians.
3: Yep.
5: Um, yeah. so
8: Well by a the missionary way, God, was in China, that's how she got here. He recommended the college here and so she came here and did her four years and did had well, she graduated top of her class, so that tells you that she's smart, very smart.
5: Well and she's went good. every route. And and I understand that. And there are those that are trying to do it legal and, and we do understand that. Um I have a uh if anybody has a question, what you're gonna to need to do is press star eight on your phone. Uh we've got some kickbacks. So if you're gonna have a question, a comment, concern, go ahead and press star eight on your phone and uh we'll get to you. So press star eight and we'll get uh we'll get you. Now, Alan, I will I'll give you all who's coming up. In the chat, before I start taking opening up, the. what we've got is, and I do think this is right. So I think we do need to define, so maybe we made a mistake kind of opening it up like this. So we have to define the common sense agenda, and I think we have to have two separate ones. We have to have one for the states, and we have to have one for the feds, because it's going to be two different things. Right. So... If you want to be a part of that discussion, then we're going to go back to the whole original deal. Uh, uh, If you want to be a part of that original group that's going to discuss that very thing, please send an email to admin at ragtagpatriots.com. We have decided who's going to lead that group, um, and we're going to reach out to her later to ask her to lead that group. And then what we'll do is, is in that group, we'll come up with some ideas. Then we'll come back on the call where everybody can be. Oh, sorry, Barbara. Where everybody can uh, discuss it before anything final is done with it. So don't think we're going to do it all behind closed doors. We're not. All right. Alan, up is South Texas.
2: Hello, I South to,
4: Texas. I wanted to ask uh, how, what you all thought about um, the president and creating so many czars and his executive orders. Isn't there some way to get rid of that?
7: Yes,
3: there is. As soon as the next president takes office on January twentieth, two 2017, which is a Friday, at noon, anything that Obama has done via executive order or anything according to the administration or the executive branch would be null and void with the stroke of a pen by the new president.
7: ...of the executive branch would be known void. Mark? Yes?
5: Okay. Well, right. let, me, let me kind of give everybody a bit of a history. Well, give everybody kind of a lesson in politics. And that is what's going to happen during the transition? Whoever is the to be one of the things. I'm sorry.
7: We've got echoes.
5: Are we still echoing?
7: Yeah, because I
4: heard you a second after you said.
5: Then that means that. Does anybody else hear the echo? I think it's Talkshoe. It is possibly Talkshoe. Could be. But I think it. I think it's somebody on the on the line that's unmuted. Anyway. What's going to happen, there's going to be a group of people in the transition team that they're going to go through every executive order in recent memory that's either in effect uh, by the Bush administration. They'll go back probably to the Reagan administration and come Mm -hmm. up checking all executive orders that are still in effect. And they'll make a decision on what they're going to do, what they're going to keep, leave in place, what they're going to undo. And what's going to happen is as soon as They take office. There will be a team of people walk into the the West Wing. There will be all kinds of executive orders done, undone, tweaked, and ready for the president's signature in between the balls. Okay? Like, literally, they'll finish with the the parades will be done. They'll go in, and they'll make uh, some adjustments. They'll do what they're going to do with executive orders, anything that uh, President Obama did last minute they'll deal with the political fallout, and I promise you, he's going to pardon a bunch of people. If you mark mm-hmm. my words, Hillary Rodham Clinton's going to be one of them. Mark it down in your book. Uh,
4: I knew that was coming. The day, so, she went, the day she went, before she started campaigning or just some afterwards, when she went no to meet... I said, you know why she went to meet with him? She was asking him, begging him to don't indict me, I'm running for president. I, well, I know that's going happen.
5: Well, Obama, Obama, and the Obamas and the Clintons have a hate-hate relationship. They both hate each other, but there's enough on each of them that it's mutually assured destruction. Mm-hmm. So, Obama will. Uh, no, he hasn't. It's not. He has not. Right.
7: Um
5: it's a matter of public record. This would be something he would do at 1030 before he left the White House. It would be, they would send it over to the pardon attorney and instruct the pardon attorney to process it as late as possible. So, um, and yes, that that's probably the truth right there. As they've done it between them. When the FBI director came out and said what he said, that was a de facto pardon. Yep. Anyway. So you'll have all that stuff going at, during the transition. Um, whoever the president will be, they've already got their cabinets figured out. I'm going to tell you right now, Secret Service is vetting on both sides these cabinet members, and they're lobbying to see who can get through the Senate confirmation. They're counting to see who the new Senate's going to be, which, by the way, the Democrats are going to have it by one. And yeah. uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Okay, Alan, up next is Kentucky.
2: Hello, Kentucky. How are y'all doing?
0: Hey, good evening. Uh, how are we doing number-wise on petitioning uh, uh, the RNC? Between,
5: uh, between the last two days, we're right at the 4,000 mark. We're way behind where we need to be, um, but we are at 4,000. We have made some gains in the last couple of days.
0: Okay. How is Kentucky
5: doing? Um, I'd have to go pull the numbers state by state, something I have not done. I mean, I alphabetized them one day and kind of looked at them, but uh, at last count, Kentucky had about 80 or so in the entire
0: state. right. Uh, What about contacting other groups to be affiliated with us in our efforts to – Petition RNC. We have done that. We've reached out to quite a few. We've had
5: some that basically come back, and without even asking what we're doing, well, we're heading in a different direction. Okay. See you in 2020. Um, we've got some that are... I don't think they understand the concept, and they're afraid that their six fans will be taken away from them. Then there's yeah. other groups that... They're in it for uh, they're in it for name ID for themselves, and to coalesce with someone else would take away that identity, and they just don't want to do it. So we're meeting a lot of resistance. People don't want to do it, and even you know those that say, "Well, maybe what's happening is they're they're thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it," and even though, and I'm not bragging here, but we have a better ground game in place than they do, and we've mm-hmm. told them that. We're like, look, we've got a better ground game. We've got momentum. We have an infrastructure in place that you guys don't have. Uh, there's one group today that had 500 people in it, and I was talking to one of the members, and they said that they, uh, several of the members have never heard from the people that was over the group. They've never been given any kind of direction on what to do, and I'm like, well, come join Ragtag Patriots. Oh well, I can't do that. I'll hurt their feelings.
0: <laughs> oh God. So, uh, 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 what is there? Is it possible for you to post uh, or uh, an outline of what we're trying to do, so that that could be, so we could post individually to let people know that our cause is. A good cause and maybe the best cause out there, as far as getting a legitimate conservative uh, uh to replace well, Donald Trump It looks like
5: this if you're looking for should we do media outreach on the signature list that we're working on now, the answer truthfully is no and let me tell you why it's going to be a no okay. Tomorrow is the thirtieth, realistically. We have to give them, we have to give the RNC enough time to say, hey, we've got this. If I go to them and say, okay, I've got 4,000 signatures, I'm going to get laughed out of the room.
4: Mm
5: -hmm. Now, if I went to them and say I have 400,000, that might be a little different. But by the time we put all this up and we grass-fired it out, we're looking at rolling into the 7th, 8th, or ninth. Okay, let's say by then we have half of what we need and we go to the RNC. Well, according to the bylaws, they have to give at least 72 hours notice before calling an emergency meeting. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. And we've asked, we have asked, literally I have begged for some of these other groups to, they didn't have to give us the names, they didn't have to do anything, just go with us. Show up on the steps, and we can say, "Hey, here's seven groups, and combined, we've got a million signatures or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're not doing it they do- they will not do it. well, we're going in a different direction. Well, excuse me, but you've got on your tagline right in cruise, so please tell me why that's a different direction than what we're trying to do. We're trying to stop the whole damn thing.
2: Mm-hmm. so
5: take the these problem signatures is
2: five gets in the way that's And the let's problem. get going. You, you, the problem with the all the different directions that everybody's trying to go is pride. Everybody's so, trying to do something and trying to brand their own deal. Right. What we're trying and, to do is we're we're trying to unite everybody.
5: <laughs> and and we are branding, too. Uh, we can't complain and say that we're not because we have branded. We sat down and we said, okay, this is the direction we go. This is how we get there. Are we perfect in what we're doing? No. But – collectively, with the 4,000 people we've got, we've done more in two weeks than most of these groups did in six months. Yeah. Okay? Now, that speaks a lot right there. And we have an idea. We have a direction to go. We've got people with the skills to get us there, collectively working with those who don't. And it makes, it uh, it makes important, well, the party is ready. Very- well it is it is very jill it is very divided, but it was divided before those candidates ran and it did it did happen the fractures are just more evident because you have two very different factions right now, and one of those factions are splitting because they're all conservatives, they just don't want to line up behind one conservative, and so there lies the problem but that comes back to that pesky little word that starts with an E called education. So I guess, Kentucky, what I'm trying to say is that, yes, we could do something for the 12th, but the realistic goal of meeting it as things are going right now, even if we blasted this particular project out to everybody, I doubt we would make it. Now, if you're talking about 2018, let's get some information up. Let's start targeting people. Yes, we plan to do that and we want everybody to get involved. Okay.
0: Now I, when you say get everybody involved, what are you saying? Are we saying 2018 to get Cruz elected back to the Senate or he's going Cruz is going to be fine
5: in the Senate. We don't need to focus our resources on him because he will be fine. Uh Governor Perry's going to challenge him. Um uh, Governor Perry is going to put up a good uh good structure, but Ted's got enough of a structure in that state and people truly believe uh, in him in that state that Perry's going to have a hard time overcoming that, especially after two very miserably failed presidential runs where he did not come across as a good person. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't
0: even so, name the
5: government.
0: So we're going to help other states get their... Conservative uh, uh, representatives and our senators uh, re-elected are are elected. Yes,
5: we're going to spend we're going to spend the late part of 2016 and the good chunk of 2017 teaching. We're going to educate. We're going to bring people into the fold. I'm going to teach, and I say I'm. It's not just me, but we're going to teach everybody how to be grassroots activists. Believe it or not, there is an art to it. Okay, there's more to than just calling your buddies up on Facebook, and we're going to teach you how to do it. We're also going to teach candidates. We're going to pick people to be candidates, and we're going to get behind them. And I'm going to show you how, starting with a zero money campaign, with the source of grassroots that we've got, could be uh, can be very powerful. Okay, so harken back to 1993. But I would just ask that you continue to be involved, continue to be patient. We're going to get there, okay. We are going to get there. Come on these calls. Um, most of the calls beginning next week are going to be educational calls. Um, we're going to be, we're going to do. I think two or three a week. One's going to be Constitution Night. One's going to be Grassroots Night, and one's going to be Issues Night. Okay, and I encourage people to attend the ones you can. If you can't, we are going to start recording. We have been recording. But we will record these um, most likely prior to doing them live. we will record the actual ones we're going to put up um, without anybody on them, so that there's no interruptions, and we can keep it uh keep it going so anyway does that does that answer your question? I know it doesn't answer specific about this campaign that we're working on, but hopefully it answers you for the
0: long term. All right, I have a question for you then. Yes, sir. At what point do we uh, end our 2016 efforts? And do we have a game plan uh, after that? If we're not able to get the numbers we need to go to the RNC, what is our game plan after that? Or do we have one, or are we all going to be separate in our efforts to decide who we want to vote for?
5: Well, I would encourage people, it goes back to this, okay? The lesser of two evils is still evil. And that's all I need to say about that.
0: Well, you know, I'm not voting for either of the the two candidates right now. That's that's a no-brainer. I will tell you what I'm going to do. All right.
5: if If somebody else chooses to follow along, they're more than welcome to follow. Okay? And that is this right here. And no, you don't vote your conscience. That's a that is no. You never vote your conscience. You vote your principles. Okay. Okay. Vote I
0: suppose it'd plan- be the same thing, really.
5: Well, it's really not technically. Conscience is defined as much different, but that's a philosophical discussion for another time. But okay. I plan to me, and this is coming from a Republican strategist that's been involved with the Republican Party since I could walk and talk. Okay. And (laughs) I agree, Liberty, okay? I plan to walk into the box and write in the presidential box, Ted Cruz. I plan to press it through and let it go, knowing that that vote's going to go in the trash. Because here's why. Okay? And Kansas, I'll give you a prime example. I went on your alls website yesterday or Sunday and pulled up all of your counties so that we could find every election commission place in there. And they tally all the write-ins, every last one of them, and they post them. And I went and looked on Tennessee's site. Tennessee does the exact same thing, even though they throw those ballots out. So we will know at the end of election night How this is going to go. Now, (laughs) let me also, uh, yes, this this is the whole point. We know, and before anybody says something, because I know they will, we all know this vote is not counting. Okay, we know it. It's a matter of principle for us on our vote. So, sir, the truth of the matter is, you vote who you need to vote for on election day and who aligns with your principles and your morals and your faith. And as long as you can walk out of that voting booth and know that you did the right thing based on your faith and your principles and your morals, then, sir, you've done what you needed to do.
2: And I think what we also need to do is despite the results of this election, we keep going. We keep getting names. We keep getting people that are fed up with the system and, and, and say say we do get a Democrat in office, we can go to the RNC and say, look, this is why you have a Democrat in the office, in, in the White House now, because people are sick and tired of the way you're running things, so they're going to the other side. It's time to get with the picture, and it's time to wake up. I say we keep our efforts going.
0: Well, I I don't agree with you there because I think, as far as I'm concerned, if the RNC doesn't change their attitude towards we the people and do something with Donald Trump, and they allow this thing to go the full forward, and he yeah. goes, and Donald Trump goes all the way, then I think that RNC is done. I think we should be looking for another party and replace them. If you were, you can, well, that's I think the idea is being able to fix them. I don't think they want to be fixed. I think that they are their their purpose is 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 the path of destruction, and that's all they care about. And they don't care anything about us. And I don't know. Well, you, you, you have them. to make that
2: it. it right there. You said they, you, they were done. They would be done. We're gonna. That's where we step in.
7: We're Talk gonna about, create. Sorry. Go ahead, Barbara.
4: Talk about the Tea Party, who tries to start a party on their own. And look what happened to them.
5: It's not they a went. matter. They they did a lot of infighting. What's going to happen, okay? And, and Alan? Well, Alan, you tell them. You know what's going to happen if somebody tries to create a conservative third party. The best thing to do is to change the Republican Party from within. And that's the whole point of what we can do. And how do you do that? You do that with education. If you leave that party and you split, Alan, explain what happens and who gets control of everything. <coughs>
2: Let's look at Ralph Nader. <laughs> Let's look at uh, whenever uh, Ross Perot ran. Both of them tried to get the conservative vote and take it away from the Republican nominee. Look who wound up in the White House for eight years: William yep. Jefferson Clinton.
0: That's right. I, I agree. I, I, I agree, but <laughs> I, think I will say this: you cannot. <clears> throat>
2: throat> let, me, let me let me make this point. Okay. The, the desire for a third party is valid. I can understand why people want to have a third party. But you have to understand in this country, a third party will not get enough traction to do anything but to take, uh, a vote, to take votes away from one of the two major parties. <clears throat> that, that's the issue in this country. We have tried. People have, the Green Party has tried. The Libertarian Party has tried. The Reform Party has tried. Hey, Katie Roosevelt tried in, in 1912 with the Bull Moose Party. You see how that went. You wound up with Woodrow Wilson in the White House. <clears throat> third parties have never gained enough traction to do anything but to disrupt one party or the other. So, wow. what you have got to understand is if you have had almost 200 years of people trying third parties over and over and over again and failing, To get a third party to make a difference, you have got to start working from the inside out of a party and make it the party that it needs to be Mm -hmm. instead of giving up and running to another party.
3: To paraphrase Ronald Reagan, we do not need a third party. We need a revitalized second party. Correct. The last time a third party was successful in winning the White House was with Abraham Lincoln, the Republican Party. Right. Because if you look at history, you had the Whigs, you had the Democrats, and then you had the Republicans. Now, the the Republican Party was a branch of the Whig Party, but it branched out on its own and became the pretty much the modern Demo- Republican Party. And ever since then, one party went aside. The, the Whigs joined the Republicans. And we've had a two-party system ever since 1860. So we do not need for a third party. Our goal is not to start a third party. Our goal is to revitalize the second party. And I say second party because it correlates with Reagan. But we are the Republican Party, like it or not, and we need to change the Republican Party from the outside in. That's the only way we're going to have any kind of foothold in this country. Because the Democrats are not going to listen to us. They're not going to invite us into their fold because we're not victims. The Republicans are our only hope for freedom. And I say that because the principles of republicanism are the principles of the founding of America. And you have had the corruption within the party over the last decade but it's this time it's our opportunity as a grassroots movement to change that and if someone's if they step in our way we'll have the voices in back of us to shut those detractors down
7: any more questions
5: if you have a question you want to press star 8 on your phone press star
0: 8 all right thank you fellas
2: Thank you very, very, very much. And I mean, I can agree where people are coming from in wanting a third party. Uh, They're tired of the way both sides are doing it. They're tired of the the games going back and forth between the right and the left. But you have to come to an understanding. A third party is not going to gain the traction, especially when you're dealing with a society full of low-information voters that, can barely decide between Republican and Democrat, much less Republican, Democrat, Green Party, Libertarian, Constitution, and the list goes on. <clears throat> so what what we have got to do is work together to, you know, if the Republican Party has to fall into the crumbles, then so be it. We rebuild it. And I think that's what the ragtag Patriots Movement is trying to do. It's trying to reclaim our party, and if it falls to the ground, we want to be the ones to be there to rebuild it. Mm-hmm.
7: North Carolina, is up. Hello, Tar
2: Heel State. How are you doing tonight?
6: I'm doing well. Hope you all are. We're doing yeah. good. My grandmother's
2: my grandmother's from North Carolina, by the way. So I love I love good old Tar Heel.
6: Hallelujah. Um. Yeah, I came into the discussion a little bit late, but I agree. We can't split off to a third party. We have a problem with the Republican Party,
7: mainly being in my eyes,
6: they aren't willing to stand up with a set of kahunas and do what's right. For the past Mm -hmm. eight years, we've seen them buckle under. We've seen them go along to get along. And I'm really getting, I mean, I've been a lifelong Republican. Daddy was granddad was on both sides. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm really getting tired of the mamby-pamby attitude with the leaders, not the grassroots, but the leaders in our party. Mm -hmm. They're willing willing to suck up to really just about any damn buddy. Pardon my French. But my main concern is...
7: How are we going to keep
6: the existing government, and I'm not just talking Obama because he's not a government he's just the he's just the reigning butthead in control right now, but we've passed all these legislations such as the n d a a uh We can go back to 1961 to the National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, I'm sorry. Wrong terminology. Uh, But, you know, we're, we're getting into where they're able to rule our lives. They can come in and take our property. They can tell us what we can have as defensive measures for our families,
4: yep.
6: how are we going to bust all that down? How are we going to get our country back as far as the way the founding fathers really meant it to be?
2: <clears throat> well, I think you have to start primarily with, uh, um... You look at the way society is nowadays. You don't. You, you've got a group of people that have taken over the political discussion, and they they feature two things. One, they don't want their little feelings hurt, and two, they want whatever they can get <clears throat> without having to work for it, without having to do anything to gain it. They want it handed to them they want they want to be able to do whatever they want to do and the government just gives them you know <laughs> gives them the means to survive <clears throat> we've had a, a major shift in this country to where people have no work ethic you have an entire generation i mean i went to walmart this evening and this is just an example i went to walmart this evening and i saw a bunch of employees millennial-age employees, which is my generation, I admit, uh, standing over in a corner playing on their phones. But they, if, if a manager comes up to them and gripes at them and tells them to get back to work, then their manager is a fascist and their manager is a jerk and they, they should be able to do what they want to do. <clears throat> That's the problem. What we've got to do is we've got to flip the conversation back. We, the Democrats have backed us into a corner saying, oh, but you don't want to make anybody, as Phil Valentine would say, uncomfortable. Yeah. That's the problem. We need to start making people uncomfortable. <clears throat> we, we have to start drawing people out of their comfort zones and understanding <clears throat> you may try to go into a little shell and sit in your little safe space and say, oh, everything is okay in here but you're going to crawl out of your safe space and you're going to realize that your country has disintegrated around you. What we've got to do is we've got to flip the conversation and let people understand this country is in risk of falling to the ground if we do not get our principles back to where they need to be. And what Fabian said earlier is you've got to vote your principles, not your conscience, vote your principles. The principles that this country was founded on I mean look at them. Hard work. <clears throat> what did the people do that came to this country? They worked hard for what they had. They were thankful for what they managed to get. <clears throat> they didn't grumble and complain because they, you know, didn't have what they didn't have the, the latest Schooner five thousand that the Jones family over on the other side of the prairie had. <clears throat> no, they made do with what they had. What you what you've got now is a bunch of materialism. And I, I like to have nice things. But we've got to we we we've gotten off track in this country with liberal policies saying, Oh hey, you don't have a home? Oh, we'll change the mortgage uh structure to where anybody can have a home. Oh, you want a car? Oh, we'll change it to where we'll finance anybody. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you've got a situation where we had a mortgage bubble, a housing bubble, to and look at all the foreclosures that resulted as the result of liberal policy. We've got to stand up with common sense, change the discussion, and tell people, look, your principles of handing everything to everybody have gotten this country to where we are in almost financial ruins we are
6: operating,
2: we are operating in a Right, <clears throat>
6: but we've got to we have want, enough people. We want everybody to have the same equal uh, amenities that the elites have. Well, the elites didn't get it by sitting on their butt no. and expecting handouts. That is the problem today, right. well, one of the problems, another in my honest opinion, is the moral values
2: right.
6: that have become our country. And I That's mean, another
2: example. That's another example of the liberal policies in this country that have failed. Because well, yes. <clears throat> what, the, what the liberals have said is that morality is relative. That is the problem. We have got to get enough people to stand up to when, when, whenever people are spouting liberal policies and spouting them like they're law. We 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 start changing it one discussion at a time. Say you're sitting on the bus and somebody starts spouting liberal policies like it's the law, like it's de facto law of the land. <clears throat> we have got to be informed and to be able to come back to these people and say no let me explain to you what that does to your country and put it in terms, you know, simple enough to where my five-year-old could be able to listen and understand because, sadly, the way the education system is in this country, we've gotten to the point to where we have to explain things on almost a first-grade level. (laughs) But
6: that's...
2: (laughs) We have got got to to do that. And that's, that's what I think that we've got to do to reclaim this party and reclaim this country is we have got to start taking the conversation back over. The, converse, the, the, the tone of the conversation has been taken over by a group of, like you said, namby-pamby liberals. We have got to take the conversation back and explain to people, look, <clears throat> those principles... Are why we are operating on a an, an annual budget that is in a deficit every year. This is why we're operating in a a budget system to where they are having to constantly create currency out of thin air just to save their behinds. It doesn't have to be this way. We have proven it doesn't have to be this way, and I think we need to take that conversation over. <clears throat> and the more conversations we have and the more we take them over and the more we pound common sense I think either we're going to win people over or we're going to shut them up (laughs) one or the other is going to happen
6: (laughs) I've got a now 18 year old son
2: Mm -hmm.
6: he is been in JROTC in his school When his instructor, Major Ira Ira Watkins, at Harnett Central High School in in Harnett County, Andrew, North Carolina, when he wants to talk about the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, he calls my son Brandon up and says, Brandon, your time to shine.
2: Right on. Good for him, by
6: the way. Pardon? Good for him. Exactly. I, 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 I get the calls from the teachers at school where Brandon has contradicted me because he says that guns are not just for hunting, not just for target practice. But to defeat the tyranny of our government, if they so try to push their agenda on us, and I said, "Yeah," and what's the problem? Well, no, they're, they're no, they're not. We don't need guns that have more than <clears throat> four rounds or five rounds per magazine. Not cool. Well, that, that's when you take no, a copy
2: of the Federalist Papers and you slam it down on the right. desk.
5: I've already
2: explained. Yeah.
5: I've already shut up a couple of school systems over that. I well, had uh, one school system tell me school system I grew up in told my son that there has never been guns on that property. there never <laughs> will be guns on that property and I went and took them pictures to where we used to do uh gun safety courses. We'd bring rifles to school and oh, yes. you'd go you'd go put them in the uh in the gym room <coughs> excuse me and uh, the principal. Heck, he'd come in there and look at him, and take us out to his truck, show us his new. At the time, I think he got a new thirty out six, and we were all carrying pocket knives and, you know, all this stuff. So I showed him pictures, and told him to call the because Mr. Jordan, who was my principal, was the. I know we digress. It's okay. Uh, <coughs> the principal, and have him. The he was the principal at the time. He was the the administrator over the entire schools. The director. And he basically told them they were stupid and that if we were able to have guns in schools, there'd be a lot less violence in our schools and everywhere else because people would understand what a gun is about. But we do digress. (laughs) We do understand your issue, and we understand that everything we solve, that the only way we're going to solve these problems is to educate, educate, educate. And we have to undo the damage that's already been done not only in the homes, but in the schools, in the churches. And, yes, you heard me say that correctly, in the churches. Oh, yeah. And when we undo those things, then we can begin to teach the new things. Everything starts at home, okay? And if parents would rise up, and somebody in the chat, I just read where somebody had said this, and I'm thinking, gosh, they're going to think I'm copying them. But at the end of the day, if parents would grow a set and do their job, and do what the bible ordains them to do, we wouldn't have the problems that we have now to the near degree that we have them. And it wouldn't be you know what it is. So, uh we do understand we understand that the only way we're going to reclaim this is through education and through the at the end of the day everything's all about education, okay, all of it. Because we have to strip down much like the marines do. The marines strip you down to nothing. And then and build you back up. And Go that's well. what we have to do. We have to strip people down to nothing, untrain everything they've learned through public schools, everything they've learned through church, everything they've learned through word of mouth coming down because most of it is based on a flawed ideology of the Democratic Party. And we have to change that around. I'm not saying Republicans are great, but at least the original platforms of the Republicans stood for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and so we do understand it. If you have a question, please press star 8 on the phone, and we'll get to you, okay?
6: All right, guys. Hey, I appreciate you letting me vent and tell a little bit of my story. Uh, I will continue to follow this and hopefully get to talk to you guys again. Well, by all
5: means, come back in and and come in on a night where we do open... We do open mic Fridays, by the way. So anybody that's got stories to tell, by all means, come back, join us. Friday nights, open mic night. Pretty much talk about anything you want to. Bring your friends, cousins, uncles. You know, uh, offer to offer to throw a pizza party at your house. Get some Little Caesars, and uh, don't tell them they're going to be on a political call. Just wait when they get there and put it it's on speakerphone.
2: On speakerphone. There's an app for that. You listen to my call
6: before you can take the next caller what is the site that you guys are using for your chat and all that?
5: You mean, what do we use when we have discussions? We're in the process of putting up a, a closed discussion group, but I appreciate that, Laura. Uh, We're On Facebook, you can look us up, Ragtag Patriots. You can put stuff there. We can discuss it there. If you've got stuff that you want to send to us privately, You can send it to admin, that's short for administrator, at ragtagpatriots.com, okay? And if you want to call us, you can call us at 929-888-PATS. That is 929-888-PATS. The phone line is monitored Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Now I never know which one of us you're going to get, but it is monitored during those hours, okay? Awesome. Oh, and by the way, if you're coming in watch chat? Oh, you're talking about the chat room where I keep talking to people? Yes. When you what you do is you go to talkshoe.com, talksho dot com on your computer, it will ask you in the box, it'll ask you to enter in a call ID number. You can search for a, a podcast. You type in one four two one two seven, and it'll pull us up and you can listen via the internet and see the chat. Okay? Now, if you come in there, it's going to tell you that you're blocked. Just give us a minute or two to see you come in and we'll get you unblocked, okay?
6: I'm going to spread the word, brother.
5: We appreciate it, North Carolina. Thank you for calling in and Stay on the call and listen to other people. Have a good night. You too. Thanks. All right, Della, Delaware. She wore her New Jersey. Like Delaware.
9: Hello. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Um, Fabian, I could not miss that little comment you made about parents growing a pear.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
9: Let me just give you a little story of what my son did when he was uh. In elementary school, he thought he was going to be slick, and he did something wrong. He knew he was going to get a spanking, Which no, I did not. I, I did not spare the rod. Uh, he came home, put a frying pan and a couple of books down his pants.
5: Oh my God! <laughs> I started
9: to spank him, and I said, he, "He's standing there laughing." I said, "Okay," I said, "You're not feeling anything." Well, I started checking. I yanked the book, books the frying pan out of his pants and proceeded to bust his butt. Oh,
5: I'd have got fired up with the frying pan had I got caught with the frying pan. Yep.
9: Well, yeah, he's, he he remembers that very clearly. He, he still thinks it's funny.
2: Yeah, mind, I'll say something about that. Uh, my daughter, Abigail, I have gotten her butt a good square total one time. And she understood when Daddy said, you want a whipping, she understood what that meant. And she knew that if she whipped past a certain line, yeah, she got a whipping. So she got to the point to where if she'd start getting a little out of hand, I'd give her a look. She knew that look was the prerequisite to the butt whipping. Right,
5: what's I I, that
7: got
2: look? Of the, yes. I,
5: I used to. I used to have to do what was called the belt of whirl.
2: <laughs> that
5: is, you try to get away, and you got one arm, you got that hand locked in by the parent that's whipping you, and you're just going around in circles.
2: <laughs> going around in circles. Now I refer
5: to my kids by their full names. They know they're busted, especially my middle ones because they go by my three youngest go by their middle names. And so, if I whip out the e o first name, oh yes, it's it, but yes, Delaware did you have a question for us other than your anecdote?
9: No, no question. Just thought I'd share that.
5: Well, we thank you, and uh we thank you for listening in and and are you from the South?
9: No, not technically. I was born in Delaware, however, the first three years of my life, I did spend in Florida.
5: Well, you can tell it. You got some of that southern twang. You got just a little bit, but enough that us southern twangers can pick up other southern twangers.
7: Well, I it, heard
5: it "thank you."
9: It's it hung around for sixty-three years. Then
5: that's actually what I heard. That, that's what yeah. made me realize that she'd been in the south. The apostrophe is of. the end
2: instead of a G. I right. like that.
7: <laughs>
2: well, thank you.
5: thank you, Delaware. If you have a question, go ahead. If you have a, Go ahead, Barbara.
4: I was gonna say that using your two names is so comical. I think that's a southern thing because I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina. And like, huh?
2: Good old Mecklenburg County.
4: That's right. Um, Charlotte Memorial Hospital's still there. My mm. nephew my nephew was born there too. Um <clears throat> anyway. See, you always knew, like Vivian said, when you were in trouble, when they used both names, Liberty. <laughs> oh yeah. You
5: ran, yeah. The- Liberty, you're right. Parents, don't, children don't necessarily have to get a whipping to behave. As mine got no. older, I went away from that and did. Uh, I did other things, and uh, that killed them worse than. No. And the oatmeal punishment really worked. I didn't yeah. have trouble yeah. that up for months. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody, all rise. The great and honorable Jill is about to come on the line. Oh, Jill! Hear
4: you,
5: hear hey. <laughs> you! All together now: one, two, three. Cruise, cruise, our you. Go, Jill! I know you're there.
1: Hello, Cruise. Jenny, please speak. Cruise, cruise. There, I said it twice. Now that's enough. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, getting back to a gentleman that was on the line earlier, but is no more, I think. Um, I just wanted he, to say – You're talking about Kentucky? Quickly, he hung up. Yeah, I think it was Kentucky. It may have been North Carolina, though. So, But when we got into all the discussion about the Tea Party and the Republican Party, and are we going to do this about a new party, or is it going to be redoing re basically the GOP, et cetera, et cetera, I just wanted to pipe in and and put in a couple thoughts uh, because of the people in Indiana that I have associated with here, uh, many of which have supported, Mr. as you all well know from the outcome, Um, one of the things that I have learned with the frustration from so many of them is that they are originally Democrats. Now, hear me out, please, because a lot of these – I'm 55, and a lot of these folks are older. A lot of them are at an older them. age, like 40 up. How like Blue Dogs? Uh, well, let me just – there's no particular name for them. They – let me just backtrack. They used to be a part of the Republican Party. And as of the time that Bill Clinton took office, they began to see their party shift so radically to the left. Oh, yeah. Even with what, quote-unquote, you know, history books were giving Clinton credit for the, being in the black for the first time in 40 years, blah, 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 blah. They still saw that major shift start left to the point where, you know, the whole – everything with the LGBT started rising up. All I mean, because that went on for years, and that started in the 80s big time. Um, with them developing their communities and pushing for marriage in Massachusetts. And it all started toppling over then. And many of them left the Democrat Party only to come right because they knew that it wouldn't be the radical left that they were left with. And so hence we have people like Trump who is 70, let us not forget, from that old time frame that remembers those old time Democrats who now thinks more like Republicans do. It makes perfect sense as to why we have Trump. So I guess what I'm saying is, but as a result of this, here's how I see it. Maybe it's too philosophical, but I've done a lot of thinking on this from what I've seen in the last year. And all I'm gonna say is that I believe that conservatives and you've even seen it in the media. Are being pressed out, conservative principles, conservative candidates. They're all being pressed out because of these people from the left that have decided that they're going to invade our party and make that the new Republican Party. Yeah. That's why we aren't recognizing it anymore.
3: Well, you look well at what conservatism. The... Conservatism is not an idea of community per se. It's an idea of oneself and making oneself accountable for one's own actions. And when you look at true conservatives and the things that Reagan said, the things that Buckley said, the things that even Goldwater had said, they're not of we're the government and we're here to help you.
1: I wholeheartedly agree, but when you take old-time Democrats who were all about agreeing to put their money into Social Security as a savings account that wasn't supposed to be touched. Do you see mm-hmm. where I'm going with this? I mean, you start uh, to get that clash, and it happened in our party, not the one that the, that the radicals took over. Well, I mean, look at reason, Bernie Sanders and what they're bringing into it now.
3: But the Democrat Party, as they knew, it died in 2004. The Republican Party is probably going to be dead by um, 2020. Okay. But you have the idea <laughs> of the people who control what other people think, And I like to say the Democrats are pretty much 10% who control the other 90%. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the Republican Party is made up of the 30% who control the other 70%. It's about that – it's that ugly. And it's because we as a nation have become apathetic to it. We don't want to take personal responsibility for anything at this point. A little thought exercise. If this was done – if our group was done last year or a year from now – we wouldn't even have this call right now because no one, the American political animal only exists on four-year cycles. And with that, you have a low voter, voter turnout. Many people don't realize is, but about 30 to 40% of the people who are eligible to vote actually do vote. We have millions and millions of uncounted people because, they have decided one day that they're not going to vote. There's no point of them voting, or their vote doesn't count, because they have been fed the mantra of that stupid sentiment through faulty education, through faulty advertising, and by a group of people who decide that, well, we don't need you, so why should we have you? One of the purposes of this group is education. Right. And the education of conservatives, conservatives, conservatism is that of building yourself up from the ground up if you look at
1: well okay but it also with the principles having morals um well,
3: you that, know that's, believing that's that we have
1: inalienable rights i mean the, the people over on the left don't believe that anymore
3: but that's all part of it when you build yourself up when you are born into this world you are born n- nothing you are born right. naked and that is the That is probably the best analogy we could use for this group. We were born naked. We were born with nothing. And we must raise ourselves from nothing to become what we want to be. And that is the American dream. It isn't being born with a silver spoon in your mouth. And it isn't becoming a victim because someone says that you're a victim. Everyone remembers the stories of um, Dr. um, Ben Carson. Dr. Ben Carson was in one of the worst economic, sociological places in the country. But what he did was he rose himself from nothing and became a chief brain surgeon.
1: Yep. He got that medication. Yep. No
3: one no one gave him anything. He worked for everything that he did. Right. Even even the the most wealthiest man in the world is Bill Gates. Bill Gates wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth.
4: Yeah. All right.
3: He worked for all of that. And what we need to realize is America and the American dream was founded on nothing. But the idea of America, the concept of America, the goals of America were to make it the greatest nation on earth. And it succeeded.
5: That That's correct. Shining city on a hill. Yeah. Now, anything else you want to add, Jill?
1: Um. Well, just pre- predominantly, it was my thoughts about that because of the, the direction in which the call was going in terms of new party, old party, staying well, with the GOP. And we discussed th- that the other night.
5: That was just mainly the- – That was a caller, and he wasn't in here the other night. We were having that, and,
1: you know, we just to Well, when you had said, you know, we don't want to necessarily leave those that are conservatives that are staying in the party either, you know, we want to bring conservatism back into the GOP and basically rebuild it into, you know, and and we do it, according to you guys, through education. How You're you're
5: saying that us guys are wrong?
1: No, no. What because I'm, I you know, can prove no, you no, where no, I'm No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that what concerns me about that is that it seems like in the last at least two elections, conservatives don't matter. And that is the way that, you know, the populist sees it. That's the way the, con- the convention saw it this year. They didn't care what Kendall uh, Unruh had to say. She was a Christian.
2: Well, it's because this generation of voters <clears throat> don't understand that it is better to teach a man to fish than to give a man a fish. Right. The generation that I come from believes that if you want to help somebody out of poverty, you have to give them the money to get out of it, not give them the skills to produce a career that will make, you know, kind of like Dr. Carson.
1: Well, and it's like the said. usually that's the a combination of the two. Welfare should be a trampoline, you know, not, not something that is, is caught you and meant for you to stay in. It's a way to bounce back.
2: But they don't understand words. that. If you, if you look at my generation, we a lot of the people in, in my millennial generation believe that they should be given everything for free and that the 1%, the, the billionaires, rich. The rich should pay for it. That's the problem. That's why the Democrat Party has the hold that they do. It's because Mm -hmm. nobody has taught them the proper understanding that the only way that you can get yourself out of poverty is to be given the skills to where you won't ever have to worry about going back to the projects again. Not, oh, my money ran out two years later. Well, it's back to the projects.
7: I agree.
5: Well, the truth is, we have a lot that there, and that's true. This is. Not I just a,
1: want to make sure that we're cognizant of the fact that there are old-time Democrats that are now considering themselves and even registering as Republicans.
7: Yes.
4: And, and we need oh, to yeah. think
1: about that because they're going to bring over those Democrat principles from old. With them, it's not something. I mean, you know, many of them have lived with them for a lot of years of their life. So we need to be prepared for that. So when you're asking about a common sense agenda, what I'm saying is, I think it would be really good to perhaps include something along that line, even educationally speaking, but, on understanding what those old time principles were and it, how we can go to overcome them, well, or at least intertwine you, or something. <laughs>
5: if well, you that's think what about I, If you go back to the 60s and and even the 80s, if you go to the conservatism of the 80s, Democrats flocked to that because most old-school Democrats or Kennedy Democrats uh, were anti-abortion, were pro-fiscal restraint, pro-fiscal policy, pro-business. So you had a lot of things. uh,
1: Yeah, I think it's taken a lot of the Catholics and blown their minds. (laughs) <laughs> well, as
5: a Catholic, I hate to I say, it say
1: it that way, uh, but there are a lot of Catholics that were Democrats. JFK was.
3: But there's a lot of reasons why the Democrat Party had the members that they had, and the Republicans had the members that they had.
1: Sure. My sure. family,
3: for example, my family was registered Democrats until they died.
1: So were my parents.
3: And it's not because they believed in the principles of the Democrat Party. It's because that's what they were told to,
1: to do. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I think people were conditioned lots of years ago to do what they were told.
3: (laughs) There was the mantra of the Democrats were for the poor and the Republicans were for the rich. And when you talk about conservatism, I think conservatism has been painted as a ugly word over the last 50 years, which started with Goldwater. And it progressed with Reagan, and we – even today, you hear the word conservatism, or you hear the word conservative. You think of slavery. You think of the ugly things that conservatism has nothing to do with.
1: Right, right. Because right. of the
3: way that it's been branded by those who control others.
2: And that's what I'm but, saying. They control the narrative at this point.
3: Believe it or that's not.
2: What, that's what well, I talked about earlier, is recapturing the narrative to put the principles of conservatism back out there so people understand them and not what they have been fed by the liberal left.
3: I would venture to say that probably 50% of people who are voting Democrat every time live very conservative lives. But it's because they're in a union or it's because that's the way their mothers and fathers taught them how to vote or it's because they... They go to the wrong church. Believe it or not, a lot of the problems we have in society stems from the pulpit, not from the church.
2: I'll say this, Mark. I read an article, and it was uh, it was about white liberals, and the lady was talking. The, the lady that wrote the article was talking about uh, she had heard a phrase, and somebody had said. I feel so sorry for black people. Every time I look at them, I just want to cry. Why? And she yeah. said, because what they have been conditioned to believe is that they, you, you have to feel sorry for an ethnic group or an economic class. That That's what, what has hijacked the liberal discussion. Is a group of people that see <laughs> they see lower mm-hmm. economic classes not as people but as charity cases. That's the problem, <laughs> and that's what has hijacked the the Democrat Party. Well, that,
9: liberal that's liberalism. why
2: that's why you have you have white liberals that live very very conservative lives. They they tend to they tend they tend to be fiscally conservative. You ask them if they want to raise taxes, they say, "Well, Lord, no," you know, unless it's on somebody that you know makes five million or more a year. But the reason why they vote liberal or the reason why they vote Democrat is because they have been taught that the only way that you can justify your conscience because there's starving little black children out there is to vote Democrat because the Democrat Party is the only party that cares for them, right? That's what you've got that's what has happened to the narrative is you have the Democrat Party appealing to it's like the commercials that you see of the starving children in Africa and the the poor crying dogs on TV with the sad, sappy music behind it. that's what they've done is they've taken an entire block, an, an entire socioeconomic block in this country, and they've turned them into a 60 second boohoo infomercial. That's why a lot of a lot of people have started voting liberal is because they feel guilty. They've been when, guilted into voting Democrat.
3: But when you have conservatism versus liberalism, liberalism is the ideology of feelings. Right. And conservatism is the is the is the ideology of common sense. Right. And when you have idealism versus realism. The ideal is that everyone gets everything for free and that we live in perfect harmony. The realistic nature is you're either going to sink or swim, and that's it. And the ugliness of that is the reason why conservatives are painted as horrible people is because it's not that we don't care, it's because we find better methods to teach a man to fish.
2: Right, we we show you how to swim instead of sink. <clears throat> instead of instead of throwing you a life jacket, we teach you how to swim.
3: <clears throat> and no one wants to do the hard work. Right. No, no one wants Especially, to educate themselves on what have you? I've been studying this for 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. No one wants to go through what <clears throat> I done because it's not it's not fun. It's not sexy.
2: No. We we live in the world of instant gratification, where everything is a Google or you know a, a Facebook post away, and the Democrat Party has virtually they they you know bankrolled on this concept because that's what they operate on. Oh, you're uh, a <clears throat> you're 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 not uh, you're not making any money a month. Oh, we'll give you some money. We'll give you some food stamps. And we'll give you some welfare. Oh, you 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 don't. You don't work. You don't, you don't eat. Right, but but their thought is, oh, you you can't eat. Okay, we'll give it to you.
5: It's because Not, it's a it's because it's a voter block, and you have to come, you have to create the glass ceiling. So if you make if you make someone independent, they're and and this is just the facts. If you look truly, people that are independent and work and get out in the real world, they're Republicans. Now, there are some that are Democrats. I won't dispute that. But if you look at the people that tend to lean towards the progressive movement, they're either one of two factions. They're either the super rich that's never had to truly work for anything, or they're the super broke that gets handed everything.
2: Mm -hmm.
5: And uh, it's just, it's really pathetic if you want to know the truth. Now, having said all that, uh, (laughs) do you have any other questions?
4: Well, I was going to say, you know, when Clinton um, signed that bill with uh Gingrich, was it, to
7: um, about the welfare, and then Obama turns around last year and undoes it. So now they don't have to work to get welfare.
3: Yeah, well, what people don't understand is when Bill Clinton signed welfare reform, those people who lost welfare benefits, they jumped on Social Security Disability, Part B. But they're still being paid, and they still continue to be paid. Obama just decided that we're just going to cut out the middleman.
4: Yeah, but now these people can sit home and do nothing and collect been money. for
3: the last 70 years. Those are the people that we really need to educate. The ones that will sit safe. on their duff all day long and just play video games and make children, those are the ones that we truly need to educate. And but they don't want to
6: be educated. No, they
3: do. They do. They really do.
4: If that was the but, fact, then why aren't they out working? Why aren't they out working for a job? Why are they sitting home and making babies and playing video games when they could be out making a uh, job, making a career, and making something of themselves?
5: Instead of living off the government.
3: Because they don't know any better. They're not educated. Well,
5: That's I'm absolute. Sure. That, is, that, is, that is the root of the entire problem right here. That That is it right there. What's that word that we've been coming back to, everybody? Education. Education.
2: Education.
5: South Texas, you're up.
4: Hey, I just wanted to let you know I
6: was on the chat tonight. This is Barbara. Yes, and- yes. I don't have a question right now, but uh, I wanted to continue our conversation um, a little bit later. and uh, So just wanted to
4: say hi, and I'm here and would like to talk after the program.
5: We saw you, and, and that's fine. We're prepared. All right.
6: <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks.
5: All right, does anybody else have any questions before we wrap
2: this up? Going once, going twice, sold to the man with cornrows in his hair.
3: I want everyone to do a thought exercise.
1: Thank okay, you. Okay, well,
5: wait a, wait a minute. I gave. I, I unmuted Jill.
1: Okay, she, I can right. see her keep
5: pressing. Star That's eight all right. On the I phone. only have
1: one comment to make. Okay. In addition to not wanting to work, I think that um, reality is what reality is too, in terms of morals and the disintegration of the family unit. And there are a whole lot of men in this country who have contributed to that. And I think that's something that we need to also keep in mind as well. Uh, Just food for thought, guys, because, you know, it's really easy. And I'm not saying that these women, a lot of them go out there and get pregnant one right after the other so that they can keep those welfare checks coming in. I know that goes on, okay? But for every one of them, there are also single women out there who are busting their hump making a living and doing the best that they can, and it's still a man's world. So any way you slice it, I get what you're saying, but I've been there and done it. So I, 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 I can stand and say it without hesitation, okay? So when, while we're talking, while Miss Hillary over there is talking about empowering women, I agree that education is a factor, and I think part of that has to be including the disintegration of morals and the family in it. That's all I got to say. Please mute me. Goodbye. <laughs> well, just Did
7: y'all
5: hear the say. mic? Did you hear Jill's mic drop? She said, Jill,
7: how?
4: I know if woman shut up there, and I don't know you remember her, and she said, I got my free Obama phone. I don't need nothing else, man. I got my free Obama phone. Are you going to educate her?
5: Yeah. Hey, let Absolutely. me tell you. I, I, Alan, should I tell him the story about Shoney's?
2: Do it. <laughs> Do it.
5: They, well, I won't tell the full one on here. Y'all just remind me sometime to tell you the, the Shoney's story. But I will tell you this. We were sitting in Shoney's in Nashville by the airport. And I listened to this lady tell me that I was a racist
2: uh-huh.
5: and that I was this. I was that because I wouldn't support Obama. So I walked the lady over to a picture that hangs on the wall in that Shoney's where President Bush had stopped in for a piece of peanut butter pie. And I said, see that guy right there, which was me, my beautiful little face, and the other people that was in the picture. And there was a, a black lady in the picture. Her name was Clarice. Okay? And the only reason I remember that is because of Silence of the lamps. This is
2: Clarice. And
5: the uh, What made Clarice interesting is that the day all of that happened, she was a big liberal. And she'd been having a lot of problems with Social Security. Uh, her husband had been injured. She was injured. They were trying to get stuff, yada, yada, yada. And uh, with uh, two phone calls, the Social Security check started coming the next month. And so this lady started talking to the top of her lungs about how great the Republicans were. Because Republicans had helped her get her checks, and rightfully so. She did deserve them. Um, everything backed up her claim. And so this lady was giving me down the road because of who I supported. I was wearing a, uh, I think at the time I was wearing a Bush t shirt. And uh, this lady, fellow minority, if you will, laid into her. <laughs> I didn't vote for Obama. I didn't vote for Obama. You know why I didn't vote for Obama? Because Obama ain't never done nothing for me. Not vote for <laughs> Obama. And I just real. I think I realized then that politics, not only was all politics local, but all politics was retail. And what people perceived that politics could do for them. And so we go back to... Uh, we have to go back to the concept of educate, educate, educate. Because truthfully, LIVs is what drives elections. Okay? As much as anybody doesn't want to think about that, low information voters drive the elections. Okay? And this is how I've explained it to people that pay me to stand in front of them and yap my flap. So I'll give it to you all for free. Okay? It's like this right here. You walk into a community, and you say that that community's got 200 registered voters. Okay? Just a small precinct. 200 registered voters. Uh, the, uh, give me just a second.
7: Okay, Jeopardy's over.
5: <laughs> Jeopardy. Now, you go in there. Remember when I said that if you bring a new voter in, who's that voter going to be with? They're going to be with you. Okay? They're going to go with your guy. Whoever you're supporting when you bring them in, that's nine times out of ten, that's who they're going to go with. Okay? So you go into this community and you bring in 20 voters. What is key about those 20 new voters that you just brought in?
4: Does it probably gonna vote Republican?
5: Tick tock, tick tock. They shake no.
3: the hand of the candidate.
5: No. What's mm-hmm. important about those 20 voters you just brought in? Remember, the precinct has 200 voters. You just brought in 20 new ones. What's important about that?
3: You
5: 20- You know what? I forgot everybody was muted. I was waiting on somebody to answer the I- dang question. <laughs> Whoops. My bad, y'all. Uh,. 20 voters is 10% of the voting populace. That's 10%. 20 voters that you just brought in. Remember, 9 out of 10 is going to be yours. So you just brought in 8%, 9% of the voting populace of that precinct. Now think about this. Think about how many precincts is in your county. Okay? Okay. Not only if you bring in new registered voters, that may be LIVs when you bring them in. Okay? But what can you do? What What's that keyword we've been using?
2: Educate. You educate. Educate these
5: people. They're going to be receptive to you because of why? You brought them in. You
2: brought them in.
5: You're the one that reached out to them. You're the one that cultivated them. You're the one that... Uh, You're the one that helps them and cultivates them. And at the end of the day, what have you done? You have instilled your values, your voting values, your political values onto them. And as long as you continue to cultivate that, then guess what you have? You've now got the block that you begin to create change inside of the GOP. So you don't necessarily have to go after all the old guard, but I guarantee you that I'm going to go after two sets of groups, okay? Group number one, I'm going after newbies. The FNGs are the great ones to go after, okay? And then I'm going after the OGs, the old guys. Why? Because they're old school. They're going to think along the way that we need people to think. We target those two. That middle group, that's going to be the Royal pain. we'll pick some off here, we'll pick some off there. But between the new ones and between the OGs, we start to take our party back. And then what do those two groups do? They begin to mold those in the middle. Because those in the middle, those of Allen's age, those of Mark's age, they are begging for somebody to be a leader. And in absence of leadership, they'll go wherever the current takes them which is why you see things going on in Ferguson, which is why you see things going on in Wisconsin, why you see things going on in Nashville, in Memphis, in Washington, D.C., all these places. There is a there is a vacuum of leadership, and that's what we have to do, and we have to do it one precinct at a time, one street at a time.
2: And that's why you also see these <coughs> never Trump and never Hillary groups. But there's not an answer attached to it. We have to provide that answer.
5: So, the, you know, I heard some, I, I saw in the chat earlier where somebody said, well, they asked a first grade class who was, who they were voting for, and every kid knew they voted for based on the parents. Let me give you a startling fact. The children's poll that they do in schools has accurately predicted the President of the United States since 1956. and right. Okay. They have accurately predicted the president since 1956. So just know that what we're doing here is not going to be lost, but what we are doing here is a monumental task, and that's why we have to do it street by street, phone by phone, church by church. And listen, give it it a little time where my job slows down some, and it does slow down about March of next year. You invite me to your local churches. I'll set them on straight or set them on fire. (laughs) And that's not literal for anybody, and you know. But the point is, is that I'm not afraid. Me and Alan will come down there. We'll have a revival, and we'll Amen. call it the Pistol Packing Politic and Revival Week.
2: Hallelujah! Let's do this.
5: So, um, this is, uh, you know, this is what we have to do, and our last call uh, that we're going to take will be North Carolina of the Eastern Variety.
2: Here's to the land of the long leaf pine.
6: <laughs> You're on the air. Hey guys, it's me again. Uh, Margaret? Yeah, you are absolutely right.
5: Oh, I know, but it's hard sometimes. Paychecks hey, in the mail. Well, you
6: know, that, that is. That's the problem with being correct now I I, I talked about my son and all like that before but what I didn't talk about was I go out and I hand out pamphlets with links to websites showing what Hillary has done what Obama has done hell, what Trump has done
5: wrong. Do you have those links?
6: I've got them on my computer. Yeah, it's not fired up right now.
5: Well, I tell you what. You send them to admin at ragtagpatriots.com. We'll verify them for uh, content. We'll put them up for you, and then you can just guide people to our website. That'll save you a little bit of time. You can get you some business cards that say ragtagpatriots.com. Put your name on them, and there you go. Boom.
6: Well, and... What I do is I go out and stand at the Carly C's. I stand at the food line in my area. Mm -hmm. And I ask people, I said, you know, have you made up your mind? No. Have you considered this person here? Well, no, not really, because Trump tells me he's lying dead. Whoa, wait a minute. Look at these links. But you're right. Edumatation, Mutation.
5: We Well, wait, we need to say it right so South Carolinians can understand it. A.K., <laughs> A.K., they'll understand it now. Oh. <laughs> We're starting to worry because I think Laura was getting confused in there.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry, Laura. God
2: bless the Palmetto State. We'll pray for you.
5: (laughs) Every country has one. Ours is just South Carolina.
2: (laughs) I went went to Fort Jackson. I can attest. God bless them. And for those
5: in
3: California, it's uh, Cation, Cation, Cation.
2: Right, right.
6: Cation,
5: Cation. Cation, Cation. Anyway,
6: not everybody in California is a flaming but liberal.
5: Well, that's the People's Republic of Cali, and we don't even count them. We tried to give those guys away <laughs> to Cuba, and even they wouldn't take them.
6: The land is <laughs> and nuts. California nation.
2: And they're
5: burning
6: sure. their own cells down.
5: We, we understand. All right, North Carolina, does that wrap it up, sir?
6: It does, sir. Hooray, and thank you so much.
5: Well, Likewise. Okay. All right. Alan, take us to the house. Finish this thing up.
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have had about two hours of fantastic education. We have had some Pontificating, very discussion.
5: Bloviating.
2: Pontification. But I think we have zeroed in on one major concept, and that is we have to start educating people as to common sense. And that is what we're hoping to do is to take the narrative over with the common sense agenda for America and get our party and our country back on track. And if you can join us, go to ragtagpatriots.com. Uh, we have links to sign the, to commit to the boycott, spread the word, share it with friends, do like our dear Tar Heel friend does. You can stand out in front of the food line. Or the Kroger or the C V or whatever store you have. now we need to spread this word and get the word out on the street. So <laughs> until next time, let's keep those uh let's keep the momentum going. Let's keep the word spreading out far and wide. And uh, I don't have any cool catch lines like Fabian does. I'm gonna have well, to come I, up with some.
5: Then I'll do my cool catch line.
2: You may take it away, Mr. I gotta Fogues. do my
5: cool catch lines. We about didn't do those the other night, and I felt bad about not doing
2: them. I'm not just
5: doing them. Okay. (laughs) Listen, we really do want to thank everybody for coming in here and tuning in. It does make a difference. It does help us as we're working on this stuff day in and day out. It lets us know that people care and that it makes our efforts worthwhile, and uh, we will will see it go. Um, Just remember to please thank a soldier for without them, we couldn't do this. Thank a veteran, because they came first and paved the way to make it as easy as it is to do this. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank your parents for giving you the education and the understanding to be able to do these things and to be educated enough to stand on your own two feet. And on behalf of Alan, Mark, Barbara, Tammy and abstentia and myself, and Pat, and there's one I'm forgetting, Pam. We want to say tune in tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Bring a friend, bring a cousin, bring an uncle. Offer to buy them some pizza, get them over there, and then put the call on speakerphone. Don't let them eat until we start.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: And this is the Ragtag Patriots saying have a good night, everybody.
2: God bless
7: y'all.